Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee. What's happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Enter the Flow Zone podcast. I'm your host, Sumed Chatterjee. I am a flow coach. I teach people to be in the flow states and truly live there. I help people with overwhelm and overload so they can tap into the flow state on command. Let's get this episode started today. Today is all about play. And the game isn't how to play. The game is to play. I don't know where I heard that before, but it's such an important quote for me because I've tried to create a way to sustain my play in whatever it is that I do. I've been able to maintain that childlike curiosity throughout my life. And so this podcast episode is all about exploring the power of playing your way into flow. I hope you guys are excited today. There's going to be a lot of value. So make sure that you're taking notes some way and you can apply this wisdom in a way where you, it can be uh, very sustainable for you. So taking play into service is actually the most adult thing we can do. We often associate play with children. And so we make it seem like it's this thing that is not an adult thing to do. However, our adult selves need it more than ever because our adult selves are born over our child selves. And in fact, I believe that it's very important to heal our child selves and be able to first and foremost, have some kind of inner child healing. If you have a picture of yourself from zero to seven years old, first of all, just print that out and just start maintaining eye contact with that childlike version of you because that will be really, really important to heal any childhood wounds that you haven't truly formulated and been present with, okay? So just send it compassion, send it love, send it gratitude, send all these positive emotions and make eye contact with that child and make sure that you are giving yourself that stability, all right? So I'm sure you've heard it before, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And that's so true, right? Like, actually, without play, we become really dull. We become really boring. And, you know, sometimes we need a little bit of an interest or kick or spontaneity or something that gets us back on the path again. And... If you know, understand the flow state, you understand it's a balance between boredom and anxiety, right? So when you're too bored, it means that things are too easy. So you need challenge. And a good way to challenge yourself is through different activities and different movements and different things that you can actually do to engage your senses. So if you look up evolvemoveplay.com, you'll find that there's this guy called Ray who does parkour in nature, okay? So Ray's the creator of this. And the reason he did it because it felt right for him. He got that internal. Yes. He finds his flow in the nature. So, you know, whatever it is that your play activity is, I'm not going to sit here and say like, you have to do parkour in nature. Okay. But you have something very specific for you and it will feel right. It will just feel right to do. So, you know, today's episode, we're going to talk about different kinds of play, how to use play to get into flow, playing as adults, the ancestral importance of play, lessons from observing animals in play, and the benefits of playtime. Okay, so 
you know, glial cells activate and there's just better cognition um, when you have an enriching environment. So one of the elements of the flow state is richness, right? And that enriching environment is so important because when we have an enriching environment, it's just going to make our cognition a lot faster, right? We're going to be able to have processing speeds that are going to be a lot more faster. And animals and children's learn confidence and, you know, self-esteem through play as well. So child development really thrives on this stuff and academic and social learning too. So there are many child-centered approaches that foster way better learning than teacher-based approaches. And play is one of those things. So play is an exercise, but you wouldn't even know it. Some are focus-building exercises. Some are skill-building exercises, but you wouldn't even notice it because you focus on the fact that, yeah, I'm doing it for fun. But I would like you to take on a different paradigm, a different perspective, if you will. Okay? So instead of thinking of play as something you do, I would like you to think of play as something you become. You become less rigid. You become less serious. Okay, play is all about fun. So fun is an altered state of consciousness. Fun is being in the flow, right? That childlike, unlimited resourcefulness and, and being so less restricted, less resistance. You're not bound by making mistakes and failure. You're just in the moment. And one of those side effects to play is laughter laughter right it hijacks how you feel in the moment do you have a favorite comedian that you listen to do you have any places where you're getting yourself to laugh more milton burrow said laughter is an instant vacation dr mario martinez said that laughter is cardiovascular dilation and improves immune function but you've got to embody it what he said is you first have to feel the hit and then laugh However, there's still experience health benefits if you force your laughter. Of course, you might have heard of the facial feedback hypothesis as well from Darwin. I mean, this stuff, like if you're too mechanical and then you're teaching others, well, guess what? You're teaching them to be mechanical. You're not embodying your teachings. So spontaneity and instinct and getting into the full mastery of yourself is another element of this, right? So what are some things you can do to play around? Okay, massage balls. I mean like actual massage balls, not massaging your balls, though that can be also another type of adult play. <laughs> um, Play-Doh, right? Play-Doh. Um, silly putty or any kind of thing that you can just play with, play in your, with your hands uh, with clay that improves that malleability and ad adaptability, which you're using as a metaphor to actually move around this thing, right? So dice, puzzles, board games, adult games, doodling, um, cards against humanity, you know, <laughs> uh, fidget toys, enriching environments like jungle gyms or rock climbing or doing any kind of thing in the gym. Recently, something that I heard, which was really interesting is groundedness through walking barefoot, but also like if you have marbles, 
try and picking up the marble with each of your toes. It's a challenging enough activity that you can actually get really, really embodied while doing that and improving your stability in that sense as well, grounding yourself. So seriousness can actually cause a lot of physical and mental illness. And we don't realize this as adults, but we have to maintain that creativity and childlike curiosity a lot. So you have to feel the hit first, then you laugh, but you can still experience the health benefits. The body doesn't know the difference between fake and real laughter. Okay, it really doesn't. It thinks that you're laughing. So choosing to laugh is important. Having that willingness to laugh is important. It's like imagining you're like turning a key to open a door. Instead, you're doing it with your own belly, right? And you're just turning that laughter on and allowing yourself to experience what that feels like, getting familiar with that laughter. It's an attitude adjustment, right? It's just an attitude adjustment. It's like, oh no, I made a mistake. (laughs) Oh man, I made a mistake. And instead of getting very self-deprecating and and self-pitying on yourself, like, oh, I made a mistake. Instead, learn to laugh at it and learn to really appreciate the moment. Okay, appreciating the moment is a really important key here because how can we turn the mundane into the magic? We have to get present. We have to engage in what we're doing. So it's not that we have to, we get to, right? And so Alan Watts said that the only dish you're washing is the one in the moment. So what's the way to do the chores? Do the chores, isn't it dull? What's the way to do that? Well, well, in order for you to do chores as an adult, you have to do it one at a time right so when you're washing dishes there is only now it's just this one dish it's in the now you ignore all the rest instead you're thinking instead of thinking have i got it clean you create a dance with it you make the chore into a game you get this rhythm from the water going and you're just like splashing it on it and you're creating just the right amount of foam And it's become this meditative practice now. And you're not under compulsion all the time. You're not distracted by a time-bound thing. It's just this play. It's not some kind of pseudo-scientific way to laugh your way from your problems, right? I'm talking about using the power of your body and mind. More oxygen reaches the muscles and the immune power of the body enhances and the stress hormones disappear as you're laughing, as you're playing. It's so beneficial for us. We as adults sadly don't have enough things to laugh about. And, you know, children are 400 times more likely to laugh. And children are always in that theta state, that absorption state from zero to seven years old. So try and understand like they're constantly learning and maybe you've given up learning. Maybe you've gotten to that point where you're like, I don't know if I want to keep learning, you know? So having that beginner's mindset is really, really crucial. This is similar to when studying martial art. There are different mindsets. And one of them, I believe is Shashen, but I could be wrong, is that beginner's mindset. So essentially, you really want to have that mindset that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what, what is going to come out of this. Like when you stop doing something and you start doing it again, you step from intermediate into beginner again. And by doing that, you truly allow yourself to start not from scratch, but from experience. And you truly just hack your emotional state with the intelligence 
used in the body. And it's really good for society to introduce play. For me, freestyle lap, rapping is play. Freestyle lapping. Freestyle lapping, man. For me, freestyle lap, freestyle laughing as well. Yeah, I guess that too. Um, <laughs> freestyle rap. Freestyle laughing is just like you're just like freestyle in the moment of the day. You're just like, ah, oh. <laughs> it's like, Jeeves, get my mic, Javier. <laughs> right? So for me, freestyle laughing and freestyle rapping is play. And the gym is play. Everything I do is play. It's a mindset. Okay. It's a philosophy. It's an embodiment. The world is your discovery and you have to approach the day like a playground at times to maintain a healthy flowing mindset. It's like this discovery, this exploration, this curiosity, instead of judging people, why not get curious about people? Right? So that's the thing, like children, they often just say what is on their mind, but they don't do it from a level of judgment. They're just ultra curious. Why is that person wearing glasses, mommy? It's like, they're curious. It sounds judgmental, but they're really intrigued and curious. Like, what does that mean that this person's wearing glasses and why don't I have glasses, right? It's creating this kind of uh, exploration process where they're learning about things and is giving you the opportunity to teach them as adults, right? So boredom, when you experience boredom know that you need that push to get you to maintain that intrigue that interest that excitement okay so let's say if you want things to get spontaneous in a relationship you have five dates the fourth one can be a spontaneous date and oftentimes we get very indifferent as adults like oh yeah this will take care of itself i'll have fun when i'm older or i'll delay my gratification so much that i'll wait to do this one thing like get a promotion and then I'll be happy. I'll go to Coachella, then I'll be happy, right? Okay, life isn't going to wait for you. You've got to become present to the moment and do the things you actually enjoy. Okay, hedonism is bad, but a little bit of it can be necessary when you're going through the downtimes and the down roads, right? It's necessary to create and give yourself different tools and pathways that will actually lead you to find that balance of wisdom and that maintenance, this is where we understand our limits, right? And we can choose our boundaries and what we tolerate. So play actually helps us to understand this about ourselves. And Plato, okay, Plato, he has the word play in his name. Let's call him P-L-A-Y-T-O, okay? Plato, let's spell his name like that. Plato said that we can understand someone by an hour of play than a year of conversation. I mean, who agrees with that statement? I mean, I believe it, man. I believe that connection creates learning and that that kind of Montessori type of education or the type of education that gets you to be much more practical and analyze things and, and really be able to have a hands-on approach in dealing with things can really, really be important because play is becoming the center focus here. It's not like the competition and like, running other people over with our academic prowess there is this aspect of that which seems very it seems very primal right it seems like a competitive advantage and how everybody's just like in school they everybody like sort of competes for that grade or whatever however if you just remind yourself not to take yourself seriously um when you're doing that but just play with it then it gives you a different mindset, right? It really allows you, like, because I had a lot of pressure on me when I was first 
you know, first introduced into academics. I didn't really like it. I didn't enjoy it. But then later on, when I got more focused on the things that I did enjoy, I understood what to stay away from and I understood what I gravitate towards. Then I became ultra focused and, you know, my play increased and my creativity expanded. So instead of thinking about this thing like seeking approval or like grasping and clinging and clawing for something we just have to learn to withhold and maintain and process our emotions so we can truly enjoy each moment more by consciously focusing on the things we can have fun with generally hedonistic but keep to a maintenance rather than a chasing play or a pleasure trap of some sort okay so play allows children to use their creativity while developing their imagination, their dexterity, and physical and cognitive and emotional strength. It's also really important for someone who wants to have a healthy brain development. So it's through play that children at a very young age learn to engage and interact with the world around them. It's a key ingredient to learning, as I mentioned before, and it allows children to imitate adult behaviors practice motor skills through emotional events and learn so much about their world. It's not this frivolous thing, right? You don't need toys to play either. There's something called unoccupied play. So unoccupied play is an important step that will set people up for a much more active playtime. So, you know, save those expensive toys um, for when, you know, have you ever played with your own body think about this have you ever uh, stood in the corner and played with your feet or have you truly allowed yourself to explore the depths of your body i mean not just in a sexual way right we can explore our bodies in a way where we're stretching or allowing ourselves to move in a specific way we're getting busy by taking in the world around us and observing then we have this feeling of you know, engagement and novelty. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. If we don't know what someone is about to say or do, it creates this unpredictability, which can be scary at times. It's good to have some kind of certainty, but that variety creates excitement, right? So when your kid is so into playing that they don't even notice anyone else, you've entered this solitary independent play stage. And this varies di different uh greatly depending on the child, I mean. So, you know, someone who plays with a soft toy or plays with a book, but solitary play really teaches people to entertain themselves and be self-sufficient. So it's like the self-amusement aspect of things. Can you make yourself laugh, right? Then we have onlooker play, which some people call people watching, right? People watching. I'm sure you've heard this term before, but it's fun. It's like, you don't join in on the fun or, or have to worry about your social skills. You're just entered an onlooker play, which is a vital step towards that group participation. First, we have to watch and observe. And um, please note that, you know, uh, women do this more than men. And there have been studies that have shown this is that when women generally uh, look at something and then uh, like they did this uh, experiment with a toy cow, uh, a white cow, and the, the women were told to stay away from the white cow, like as a forbidden thing, a taboo thing. And women kept staring at it like it was this taboo thing. 
they still wanted, they were looking at the other toys, playing with the other toys, but their attention kept going back to that white cow. Now, when boys were told this, boys would immediately go towards the white cow and just start playing with it. They wouldn't listen to that authority. So it's very interesting to see that difference in gender as well. But truly, I mean, play is so, so powerful, right? There's different kinds of play. And yeah, of course, we can understand that maybe um, feminine play is a lot more softer, a lot more nurturing than uh, male play or roughhousing. But that's still like really important for children to have that rough, that, that tussling kind of play where they, they assert a bit of their aggression because that's still them ultimately realizing that they are this primal machine and that they have to get to terms with that and be able to truly experience protecting themselves and be in that fight or flight. So actions speak louder than words, you know, parallel play, you know, parallel play is when your child um, is basically with, with their homies and their, you know, maybe it's just like they're having a kind of my toy tantrum a moment and and learning about taking turns and paying attention to others and mimicking behavior that seems useful or fun then we have associative play okay there's different kinds of play man there's there's not just one kind of play okay so this stage of parallel play is characterized by a child's coordination or adults coordination so like uh, you're building one side of a lego city and an somebody else is looking at this as a great opportunity to, you know, foster and install those valuable skills like bravery, teamwork, communication, you know, like. Do you notice how well that Tyler's tower fits so well, nicely on top of your tower, you know, something like that. So, you know, there's also like this idea of performance in sports, right? So, I mean, since we know the importance of play, a lot of schools are adopting this kind of behavior into their learning. And now they're ready to apply the skills they've learned, like problem solving, interacting, socializing, communicating to other aspects of their life to become fully functioning mini adults, right? Well, almost. <laughs> so, just like organs or tissues, behaviors, behaviors need to be carefully honed over time. And they either enhance our survival or reproduction. So, I mean, think of the idea of our innate nature, right? The suckling of infant mammals. So that's a behavioral urge that's driven purely by instinct. So what's the purpose or benefit of play? To understand our behaviors, we have to look at animals. What do animals do? Let's start with dogs. Like dogs are wrestling and chasing each other. They're chasing after the ball. Rather than purely for fun, these behaviors can be attempts to establish dominance within a social context. It, it could be a means to establish trust or familiarity. It doesn't necessarily mean that these behaviors aren't also fun for the dogs, but it does mean we can't just claim that they are. You know, animals play just for the fun of it like humans do. It's the, that's the kind of play we're talking about. Just plain old having fun. That's what we humans do. We just have fun. For humans, play is for play's sake. Tell it. 
it's it's autotelic, as I was saying, and which means it's a reward by itself. Okay, so maybe our definition of play is the problem. If we think we play as doing something enjoyable that has no other purpose, then of course we won't find another purpose. We've made not having a purpose part of the definition. Instead, we need to keep an open mind about the hidden purposes of play. We play because it's fun, but it may also be serving other hidden purposes. That's what we're looking for. Getting to that level of saying to yourself, I'm exactly where I need to be. And play is just a tool, a vehicle for me to help me get there. And I am perfectly imperfect. I'm wabi-sabi. I'm this natural state of that love, that oneness, where I'm connected with others and I'm bringing a feeling of groundedness and safety to myself, understanding that separation is an illusion. So whenever I see myself struggling, I know it's something with the way that I'm thinking about something. It's not the thing itself, it's how I'm responding to that thing. And sometimes when we respond to life instead of being serious, trapped in our heads about it, if we just play, if we truly just allow ourselves to just play, it will have so much impact, so many benefits that will start to steer us in an amazing direction where we'll be able to enhance our creativity our curiosity, and really be able to move into this world with a lot less hesitation, a lot less resistance, and a lot more fun. F-U-N, baby. Fun. Fun. Okay? Amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, shoot me a message on Instagram. I do reply to all those messages. So, at Flowzone Academy. That's F-L-O-Z-O-N-E Academy. And I hope you have an incredible day. Make sure that you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts for if you enjoy these episodes, if you enjoy learning about peak performance and play and all sorts of interesting topics that really help you get into the flow state. I really do appreciate your support and I'm ultimately grateful that you are still here with me on this amazing journey. Have an incredible rest of your day. May the flow be with you. See you next time.